The story starts in Pride's Hollow, a simple town, like some that you've driven through or around. Too small to be known, too big to be quaint, where the current decor is peeling paint. A place quite out of reach that time almost forgot, doing the best they can with what they've got. And these are their stories, started by a man from his grave, of what people will do when given the chance to be brave. Today's story is about Pearl, who had no intentions of cashing in on Old Man Withers' challenge as her world just didn't have any extra space for doing brave things. But sometimes, you don't do something brave for yourself. You do it for someone else. And that's what happened to Pearl. It was just another Saturday in the faded laundromat where the story takes place, over on the east side of town where most of the blue-collar folks hung out. Rose was setting out that rack of for sale dresses on the sidewalk in front of her consignment shop, secondhand Rose. A skinny, tattoo-covered fella stood there with his arm draped over a girl's shoulder, staring into the window of the pawn shop with the We Need Your Gold sign in the window that had been up there for years. The steam of the laundry's vent was sending out the clean smell of detergent into the street, mixed in with a hint of chicken grease from the dimly lit bar, where most of the plant workers gathered to enjoy the game in peace. Hambone was sitting on the bench out front, like he did most every day since he retired. You know, just making sure nobody started any trouble. Not that he would have been in any shape to help. Hambone had finally gotten clean somewhere around last summer, which is why he was now sitting outside the bar rather than inside it. And while his mind was pretty sharp again, well, the rest of them hadn't quite caught up. The laundry held no cute, quippy name like Suds and Duds or Wash and Whirl. There were no pretenses here. It was simply called Laundromat. Like its inhabitants, what you see is pretty much what you get. Simple, unadorned. The cracked and faded sign left no illusions about what to expect inside. And something about the place just made you feel sluggish as soon as you walked in like time was forced to slow down to meet the rhythm of the wash cycle. And every moment felt like an eternity, with only one TV up in the corner that always sat on cartoons without the sound, as if to trick people into a false sense of happy. The fluorescent lighting and the plastic chairs with the metal legs, it gave the place a cheap look, kind of like the auto shop with the burned coffee smell. There was a vending machine that on a good day was stocked, and a sad stack of worn magazines that still thought McDreamy was alive. There was an occasional mail in there, but for the most part, it was their safe space, these women claiming their usual spots and checking the plant by the door on their way in to see if it needed water. They all took ownership of that plant like an untended child. Now, the beauty parlor in Pride's Hollow was where all the polished women went. The laundromat was where the others went where the polished wouldn't dare to be seen. Now, all of you up in the big city, you're all used to washers outside of your house. But in Pride's Hollow, well, having to use the laundromat was, well, sort of a sign. And for as loud as Merlin Burling and Shirley's House of Beauty would have been on a Saturday was how quiet that laundromat was. 
For there was an unspoken code that talking should be reserved for only when necessary. And when things were said, well, you could pretty much trust that they would never be repeated. Which is way more than we can say for Merlene, Verlene, and Shirley's. While the beauty parlor set were intent on catching up with the latest gossip and who should win the pageant this year while getting their roots highlighted, the laundry set were more the type to be gossiped about, the tarnished homecoming queens. Mothers and wives who slipped in here with another load, appreciating the peace and quiet and pretending they don't know their husbands next door at the bar and not at the hardware store like he claimed. A few of them sneaking out the back door for a smoke, even though they quit years ago. Here, the woman held a different kind of court, where crowns and pageants well, were now quite silly. And most of the heart throbs they once giggled over as young girls had become as average as the worn khakis swirling through the spin cycle. Now, don't hear me say that I'm judging one group or the other. For as we all know in this world, there's quite a lot of overlap. So I'm not claiming one place is better nor the people sitting in their seats. I'm just saying one place is shiny glamour and glitz and the other is not. And as soon as you try to judge, you'll see the most unexpecting frumpy woman pull out a set of lacy panties from that washer that would make you gasp. Despite its tired atmosphere, there was something gentle and calming and warm about the laundromat. It kind of wrapped you up in it like a hug, made you feel like you didn't have to be somebody else or try too hard. And sometimes, well, that's just what a woman needs. Now, this Saturday looked pretty much like the others, with its usual cast of characters. Hambone sitting out front of the bar next door dozing. Pearl was emptying the trash in the laundromat, complaining about her hip again and mumbling about something that had her ticked off. And something was always ticking off Pearl. Didn't take but a newspaper article to get her started. She was the queen of that laundromat. The one you went to if your quarter got stuck or if you forgot detergent or someone left their clothes unattended for too long. She owned the place, or so we figured. If it was open, she was there. Her name didn't fit her at all. I think that was more wishful thinking on her mother's part than a reflection of the life she was born into. If you think of pearls as dainty and cultured, well, think again. Pearl was built like a linebacker and had the mouth and the five o'clock shadow to match. You could hear her raspy voice, crafted by decades of filterless camels, a full block over, yelling at the cats gathered around the back door of the laundromat. Damn cats, she muttered, knowing full well it was her scraps that kept bringing them back with their friends. Pearl actually lived in the back of that laundromat in a tiny room with a small refrigerator, a stove, and a bathroom, a little black and white TV perched on a dinner tray, and a recliner that she slept in most nights. Occasionally, one of those outside cats snuck in when Pearl wasn't looking. She pretended not to notice. There was the lady in the blue jeans and the white button-down shirt in her regular seat, knitting. She'd look up every so often to check the dryer time or to smile sweetly at someone, but that was all you'd ever get from her. She was one of what they called the quiet people in town. The ones who hadn't grown up here or even in this country. The ones who felt it best to just live out their lives quietly, minding their own business. Beautiful knitting she did. Never knew what she did with them. She could sell them, that's for sure. 
but somehow I pictured those blankets going to people she loved. Sometimes she would hum one of her hymns from church and a couple of other ladies would join in and they'd start harmonizing and, well, you couldn't find a church choir out there that could soothe the soul like that sound. Sometimes you don't really need words. And then you had the granny crew gathered in their usual weekly spot with their assortment of grandchildren sleeping in their carriers or draped around their laps like sleeping cats. Truly was sitting there up against the window where the sunlight shined down on that bruise that looked pretty fresh. And once again, they all pretended not to notice. Life had not been kind to Truly Dupree, whose troubles had all started the day she laid eyes on that no good stink of a boy named Earl who had promised to make all her dreams come true. If you had known her back when she was a young girl, why, you wouldn't even recognize this woman today who just cowered there like a dog in a corner hoping not to be noticed. There was more than one woman in that town whose prayers included requests for that man to be removed from this earth, and not one of them felt guilty about it. Wayne was perched on a countertop puffing on one of those vape things, made the room smell like strawberries. She was wearing a skimpy sundress that was bordering on inappropriate for a woman her age, but she didn't care. Wayne Nona was fighting the aging process for all she was worth. The laundromat wasn't quiet when Wayne Nona was there. She ignored the code of conduct, just like she ignored the fact that that drugstore number 27, platinum blonde in a box, was not doing her any favors. She sat perched on the countertop, swinging her feet over the side. It was her favorite spot for people watching. She could see everybody and was always available for comment when needed. She had accrued quite a collection of opinions, and men, if we're being honest, in her life, which she shared openly and often. The opinions, I mean, not the men, (laughs) at least not by choice. And so for a handful of quarters, you could get your clothes clean to the tune of way known as words of wisdom, which, just like the machine, had a setting called gentle agitation. That day, Wynonna was particularly chatty. Her voice was a little higher in octave, had a dash of frantic to it. It made you wonder just how good a grasp she had on her life. How maybe it was more than just needing to be seen and heard. She was the one who started it, the conversation, I mean. As usual, she started it, dominated it, and never quite knew when to end it. But somehow, she got on the subject of Pearl and asking her all these questions that were none of her business. Like why she lives in the back. Was she ever married? Did her mama run the laundromat too? Now, while we were all quite sure that Pearl could have taken on all of us at once and when, and might possibly have served time in prison, according to rumors, for some reason, Pearl had a soft spot for Waynona and humored her. And you can bet everybody was listening real hard for this was much better than the faded magazines. Turns out that no, Pearl had not been in prison. Where'd you get that idea? She hadn't really been much of anywhere, if we wanted to know the truth. Not even like a trip or a vacation, Wayne asked. I mean, even she got to go see Bruce Springsteen at Myrtle Beach once. And yes, Wayne you did tell us how he locked eyes with you and blew you a kiss from stage. And that's why you named every dog you had Bruce after that. Good thing you didn't go to see Inkelbert Humperdinck in concert. And we'd all laugh, even though we'd already heard it like a million times. Not even a trip, said Pearl. 
and she had this firm look to her mouth, even firmer than normal, if you can imagine it. It was this subtle look that said she was ready to have this conversation be over. But Waynona, she didn't speak subtle. You mean the only place you ever goes, like to the grocery store? She asked sarcastically. Pearl stopped sweeping for a minute and hesitated. Not even there, she said. And the way she said it, well, we just knew. How did we not realize it before? Nobody went to church with her. She didn't have kids that we knew of, so we never saw her at PTA or school functions. In fact, not a woman in the room could recall seeing Pearl anywhere. But here. Waynona stared at Pearl with wide eyes and sucked in loudly on her vape. It was clear she wasn't going to let this go. It's complicated, whispered Pearl, turning away to sweep somewhere else and grabbing her hip. The gentle whir of the washers and a tennis shoe thumping an odd rhythm in the dryer was the only sound as people digested the obvious. Pearl didn't just not want to leave. She couldn't. In a town as small as ours, there are definitely rumors, and people know way more about families than they should. What we did know about Pearl's mama wasn't much, but it was enough to make sense of things. And out of respect, I won't share it here. But let's just say that while Pearl had found a way to forgive her mama, the side effects of that, well, not so easy to let go. So gruff old Pearl was holding a secret. And now, well, she didn't look so gruff anymore. I guess that's the way it is when you step into someone's shoes for a minute. You realize there's more to them than what you choose to see. I'm pretty sure most of us are probably writing the wrong story about others. Nobody said anything after that. Waynona got sidetracked by the new postal carrier walking past the laundromat window, and doesn't he look just like a young Bruce Springsteen? And then the room calmed again, lulled into its original state of hushed swishing. Waynona had just jumped down to switch her clothes when the brown Oldsmobile pulled up front and truly tensed as we watched Earl's work boot drop out of the side of that car and onto the street. And he had one of his looks. We all tried to look preoccupied so as not to make truly feel bad for belonging to such a hateful man. Even Waynona knew not to comment. Earl just stood there leaning over his car door, chewing on a fast food straw, with a disgusted look on his face, motioning for Truly to hurry like she was wasting his time. We could see all the empty beer cans on the ripped front seat upholstery. Not one of us could imagine having to climb inside that car. Even Hambone was sitting at full attention on his bench outside the bar. Hambone had known far too many men like Earl. And those stories never ended well. That's when Pearl stopped sweeping. And she said something none of us had the courage to say before. You don't have to go back. Which was kind of ironic if you think about it. The woman too afraid to leave, giving advice to the woman too afraid not to. Truly didn't answer and her shoulders drooped a little in disappointment. 
It's complicated, she whispered. The tiny bell on the door sounded extra loud for some reason as we watched her make her way out to the car. And something happened. She stopped. Right before stepping onto that street, she turned and she looked back into the window and she found Pearl and locked eyes with her. And she had just the smallest of a look in her eyes, like a maybe. It was one of those moments that's probably faster than it feels, but it felt like it lasted a lifetime. Like you could see Truly's entire life flashing before her eyes, including the next chapters. And it was like she wasn't even there. Her hands dropped and the basket of clothes fell in the street. And Earl's now moving to get back out of the car, all in slow motion. And then there was Pearl. She had this look, like her entire life was flashing in front of her eyes. And I swear, even though she didn't say a word, she might as well have, because we all knew exactly what that look meant. If you do it, then I will too. Pearl's broom fell to the floor and she stood up taller like her hip had never had a bad day. And she took a deep breath and she pushed open the door of that laundromat and set one foot outside. And then the other. The hardest step she would ever take in her life. Nobody said a word. Nobody moved. Afraid the slightest noise might scare her back inside. This woman who had not stepped out of this place in more years than we could count. Time was suspended as Truly turned away from her husband and took a step back towards Pearl, the hardest step she would ever take in her life. For nothing matters as much as that first brave step. And after that, well, the rest just fall into place. They stood paused on the sidewalk, both women, arms locked fiercely, and they leaned on each other with the weight of a thousand wishes, breathing in their first taste of freedom. It took Earl a minute to get over the shock of what he was seeing, and then a growl came up deep from his throat, and he got out of that car slow and easy with the purest of evil in his soul played out right there on his face. And the women in that laundromat needed no prompting. No plan was necessary. They stood up fast and they stood up together as one. They pushed through that door and stood arm to arm in a line behind Pearl. Their lips pulled back in a growl, coming to protect their own. With the combined strength of their hardships, the grannies, the quiet people, Waynona, the tarnished homecoming queens rising up with a roar that they would not be defeated or at least die trying. Earl made one last attempt to grab his wife and things happened fast for a minute. But as it turns out, Hambone is stronger and faster than he looked. And with just enough mean left in him to do what needed to be done. And that day a tired old cleaned up drunk became a hero. And don't you be thinking that it had to be a man to save those ladies. I'm quite sure they could have more than handled it on their own, especially since we're pretty sure a couple of them were packing heat. They were just too polite to take away Hambone's moment, 
as he hammered Earl upside the jaw, knocked him out cold while somebody called for the sheriff. They didn't see much of Earl after that. According to the speculation over at Merlin, Verlin, and Sherlings, some say he left town. Others say he got a job up north, and some whisper that things were taken care of. He won't be coming back, and nobody needs to worry about it. The details don't really matter. Only thing that matters is that Truly is free. And now when she comes into the laundromat on Saturdays, well, remember that young girl I told you about? Well, she's back. Both of them qualified for getting their share of Old Man Withers' money because both of them, even though unplanned, did something very brave that day. They both decided to donate their money to the women's shelter a couple of blocks over, where Truly and Pearl both walk every Sunday afternoon to volunteer. It's about 854 steps there and back. Pearl knows because she counts every one. That day we learned bravery is often found in the courage to just take that one first step. And then the rest sort of fall into place. And that first step, well, if you have someone to take it with, it's even better funny thing about bravery is contagious. Isn't life neat that way? Hey everybody, Kelly Swanson here. I think this is one of my favorite episodes about Pearl and the laundromat. I want to thank Brooke Cox, who first had a story set in a laundromat that even gave me the idea uh, to further develop this one. So thanks, Brooke. Shout out to you. Um, I think that this story is so great because it just shows the power that we have to link arms together and to be strong. And if there's any time when we are going to need each other, I think it's now. Uh, Not just women, men too. But that's what I so loved about this episode was it was women coming together when they were really needed to be there for each other. And so today I just wanted this story to honor that, all the women and people in our lives who make us stronger and who have our back and who we can call when we're just not okay. So um, I hope you liked this story. I hope you'll comment below. You'll go to prideshollow.com and find out uh, more about the episodes. You can go to patreon.com slash Kelly Swanson and be part of our city. We'll be moving soon into having more activities there. And so you can really be part of the town. One cool thing about getting your own key to the city is that when the season is over, you will get a uh, printed and audio copy of the episodes. Won't that be fun? And, uh, Yeah, we've got some more great episodes filming. I need to give a shout out to Primo Productions, to Chuck Gallagher and his team, David and all those guys over there and women. Um, 
You just probably don't know how much work goes into putting these episodes together and choosing the right music and picking the right B-roll footage and getting the green screen just right. And it's not just about writing and me standing up there or sitting down and telling a story. There's a whole lot of work that goes into this. And I just really want to thank the team at Primo Productions for partnering with me to make this dream come true. I want to thank all of you who listen and watch the episodes, whether you're watching them on YouTube or listening to the podcast and for commenting and for supporting the town and its characters. It's truly a dream come true and your support is what has allowed me and us to put these videos out there. We'll keep working hard to make you laugh, inspire you, um, give you something to think about. So, all right, I'm going to sign off today. Y'all stay strong. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. And so the sun sets on this episode's guest of what one more did with that old man's request. But soon I'll be back with a new tale to unfold, for there are many more stories still left to be told. For this challenge has started with no end in sight as each person closes their eyes and takes flight. But until next time, maybe you'll find the chance to close your eyes and join in the dance. Maybe this story whispered from that old man's grave will push you to find out what happens when you choose to be brave.